Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 27 of the PD Sports Podcast. Once again, another big week in sport and I am joined by Damien. Damien, how you going mate? Not bad in yourself, Paulie. Another big week, Premier League wise. It's a big week in Australian sport as it is AFL Grand Final Week. It's just big in general, man. Like There's so much going on and we've even got a big week ourselves, don't we? Yeah, it's that time of year where things are starting to, to really pick up. It, weather's getting warmer. Golf season is approaching again. Oh, Tennis yeah. season's approaching. All those fun things are kicking off. Oh, so, yeah, mate. Cannot wait for a bit of golf this weekend. Cricket season's coming as well. I'm in fine form. I cannot wait. All, all around the corner. So I think, obviously, it's a bit of a later upload for us this week, which isn't too much of a problem. So just bits been happening. Um all over this week so we've managed to to finally get some time but I think it's an interesting time for us to record as well because we don't normally get to really comment on the midweek sort of Champions League or the Carabao Cup stuff as well because we normally sort of record straight after the Premier League so interesting that we've got a bit to talk about and then it's it's cool because we've got that sort of transition into next weekend as well well not next weekend this weekend so plenty to talk about I think We'll just touch on the grand final first. This isn't going to be a, a massive preview, I don't think, for the grand final. I just think it'll be good for us to touch on um, our thoughts going into the game. So for me, um, I've been sort of sitting and thinking and toing and froing really um, all week with where I think this game could go. And I see sort of three different results almost. Like I can see both teams winning comfortably and I can see it being a tight game so I think my heart's telling me Bulldogs because I don't know I just don't like Melbourne so I'm leaning towards the Bulldogs midfield turning up and I've just seen from Melbourne too many times that they've crumbled in big games I agree Um, I feel like this is the definition of a coin flip where it's a 50-50 it's a very open grand final it's not like someone's a red hot favourite Saying that, though, if you do look at the betting, they do say that Melbourne is a bit more of a hotter favourite than I think that they should be. And that's mainly because I just think the midfield of the Bulldogs is the best midfield in the comp when it's on. And we've seen time and time again that it it probably is. Um, And for me, I feel like that's where the game will be won. If the midfield Bulldog shows up, I don't see Melbourne just getting enough of it to win it. Uh, I'm not saying that means it's a blowout either. I I think Melbourne are great. Um, I personally... Would like to see the Bulldogs win it, but would not be upset the Melbourne win it because I think Max Gorn is something special, um, and I love watching him play. I just hope that it's a close contest, very, 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 you know, very big amounts of drama going out maybe the last five minutes, and you know, someone. Yeah, you don't want to blow out. Yeah, I, I, I really want now. Obviously, because we're going away to watch it, um, I just really want a nice big close granny just just to have that atmosphere. And to have that yeah, game, um, we've seen too many of these grannies sometimes slip away early, and we've had grannies that have been like out of this world, fantastic. You know, for me, Leo Barry, Barry's moment stands out as like one of the best coming through childhood. It's just a last minute scream at a civil game for the Swans, or you know, even if had... it's like the twenty sixteen one, the Bulldog Sydney one, where yeah, that was fine. it still came down to the last sort of five minutes, and then the Bulldogs sort of ran away with it. Like but it that. was it was really good to watch until those last five minutes, and even then, those last five yeah. minutes it was just nice to know uh, Bulldogs going to win it because they were better on the day. 
Um, yeah. I just don't want to blow out. And I actually think that this game is going to be very highly unlikely to see a blowout because mid- Bulldogs' midfield is too good to be blown out. And I just feel like that Max Gordon won't allow the Bulldogs to dominate as much because he, he's obviously very good in the ruck. But I also feel like Melbourne have enough about their game defensively that they can repel, um, yeah. repel what the Bulldogs bring to them as well. So I feel like that for this game to be a blowout, it's either Melbourne or Bulldogs are going to be really poor Someone and the other one's going to be really good. Because I feel like if yeah. someone's average and someone's good, we're still going to get a pretty contested game of footy. Um, yeah. And I actually think both the occasions, it's very big on Melbourne because the occasion is I haven't won a premiership in so long and it could get to them. 57 but, years. But I feel like for the Bulldogs, and this is where the weak buyer maybe negates this point, they've just had to travel and travel and travel and travel. And obviously a lot of them would have got on it with the brown line knowing the bolt was a real hot shot. Um, shout out to Ollie Wines, no, they obviously. can't get on it. But They're not allowed to get on it. Liver <laughs> li- was on it. I'm telling you right no, now. That's just him. They're not allowed to drink the week that they've... Or they're not allowed to go nuts, especially in the grand final. But the thing with the travel is it's not a, it's not a thing because... The week off. Yeah, they've it. had to travel. The week off helps. Yeah. Like they've been in Perth for a week, but... The other thing is I've spent two years constantly travelling, so I don't think it's a, a fact. I think it's a bigger issue to Melbourne because they've just been sat for like 28 days. They've only played one game or two games, sorry, yeah. in a month because they played their prelim, they won, and they've been in Perth pretty much the whole time. So, well, big question for you I is, think they can, they can be sluggish. Yeah, a big question for you is would you rather be in Melbourne's position with all the rest or would you rather be the Bulldogs nah. and just had momentum? No. Nah. Have the momentum. See, I'm with you. you. Always want the momentum. I'm with you. I actually feel like having the big long break. That's where we died against Bulldogs. That's where we died against the Bulldogs. We won at home. We sat around for two weeks and we came out sluggish. Yeah, it it kills you. And I really feel like that that could give Bulldogs the edge. Um, And that's the way I would lean. And I I don't see this game going either side of 20 points either way, right? But um, I feel like if a team's going to start better in this granny, it's the Bulldogs. And if they get on top like they did against Port and start running away with it, I just don't think anyone catches them. But I feel yeah. like Melbourne are a bit more defensively better than Port and have proved they're probably the best team in the comp when they're on Melbourne. So I just see it being a close yeah, granny. In saying, in, saying, in saying that, though, I said that the power would win by five or six goals. And, you know, so what I know about AFL is not as good as what I know about Premier League football, for instance. So I leave that to the likes of you and... Dom when I see you on the weekend, Jaden when he listens back to this and lets me know. But I just don't see this being a blowout. I see it being close and I see the Bulldogs probably snatching it late. Yeah, same. That's sort of the same opinion I've got. So that's where we'll leave it for now. We'll come back on Monday. Um, we'll see what condition we're in on Monday, whether we record Monday or Tuesday. Oh but man, I'm going to we'll, be wrecked, I reckon. Cause I've we'll figure that out when we get to it. Yeah. And we will shift our focus um, more so to the Premier League. Um, so good result for Liverpool uh, on Saturday night. Yep. Um, watched the majority of it. Sort of drifted in and out of sleep as it was happening, but um, watched back most of the the highlights and whatnot. And we just did what we've been doing all year and turning up and getting the job done. So I'm liking you know, it. Some really good individual goals. Yeah, I'm liking the way we're playing. I'm it's liking the way we're playing and why we're and how we're playing and I love in the fact that Fabinho and Thiago now Thiago's injured obviously but I love in that they've been starting together because I feel like they're, they're two of our best midfield three um, yeah. and, and I like that Klopp actually looked to rotate here and give Konate a chance and Milner at right back looked amazing and look to be fair if Trent wasn't 100% ready to play 
you've got to explore that option. I feel like Palace is not the worst place to explore it. I will say... I was a bit nervous. I, will... I was a bit nervous when I saw the team sheet and I saw Costa... Uh, Kanate, Milner, all in the defence. I, 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 feel, I, I felt that too. Um, and Especially that, with Palace, the way they played against Tottenham. And I, I will feel, ball. and the stats don't back me up. I was watching it, I think from like minute 60 to like 75, Zaha got at Milner and looked like Milner was dead on toast. And I was like, wow, really? And then you look back at the stats, he was first and everything. I'm like, James Milner actually 35? Or, you know, the guy doesn't yeah. age? All that Rabina maybe is something to look at. But for me, what I liked is, A, a lot of the talk was Palace have looked so good going forward, so good on the ball. Look what they did the Spurs, what they're going to do to Liverpool. And B, they've actually looked not bad defensively, and Liverpool has gone out and just snotted them 3-0. And I was like, perfect, great. Um, by the way, Naby Keita's goal pull. I haven't put it in the yeah, notes. Class. Oh, my, what a hit, huh? Um, yeah, absolute class. All three goals were well taken, oh, to be fair. Oh, yeah, all of them were. And I just, I like the fact that we're creating and we're putting the ball in the back of the net. When we're Jota could our, have scored two as well. Yeah. When we're not at our he best. He missed two sitters. When we're not at our best, aka last year when we're going for a bit of a goal scoring drought, we're not even creating these sort of chances. We're not having Nabi take that on first time from outside the box. He's probably taking a touch, looking to keep it, looking to get a ball back in the box, maybe if we recycle it. But the confidence is flowing, and I'm telling you, I'm, I don't want to shout it from the rooftops, but I'm quietly confident. Yeah, don't write us off. I'm I'm quietly confident of a very good year if you can read between the lines of what I'm saying. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just if we keep going about our business like that, we're going to be pretty good. And a lot of teams need to look at us and go, "Oh, they're back." And that's why I've always, for me, the depth has never been an issue. Yeah, there's so many people that have talked about the depth. For me, I've put in the notes that Curtis come back into the team as well. Does it prove yeah, that Ellis have enough depth? I just feel like that. Even Origi started against AC Milan and had a good game. So clearly Klopp and is very... And scored today as well. Clearly, yeah, in, in the Cabaret Cup. Clearly Klopp is happy with the squad depth. And by the way, shout out to Minamino this morning. I thought he was yeah, incredible. Yeah, double as well. I thought he was incredible. Yeah. Minamino, before he went on loan to Southampton, never got in the half pocket of spaces, never turned and ran. Every time he looked to have a chance, he just looked like a guy that was snatching at he's it. Nervous. He's nervous. Yeah. yeah. Now he looks like he's gone on loan to Southampton. He's come back in doing, you know, training mainly with the squad, but knows he's going to get his moments. And he knows that there's going to be um, African Cup of Nations, I believe, is this year too. Um, so we are going to lose Mane Japanese. and Salah. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No. So he's gonna, he knows he's going to get his moment in the sun come January, yeah. is what I'm getting at. I'm not saying that he's yeah. going. Um, but for me, I feel like if Minamino goes like that in his business as well, and he starts showing what he showed against, I will say, it is Norwich, and there is a point about us talking about But he about did it that. last year against Palace too, if you remember. Yeah, I do. Like just before he went on loan, and yeah. he looked amazing, and then got himself But that's why we signed him. So. That's why we signed him, and clearly Klopp thinks he's a player there. I just feel like yeah. if we're getting that out of Minamino, we're getting that out of Origi, because I think Origi's assist for AC Milan for Salah was unreal. Um, yeah. If we keep getting these little snippets out of these squad depth players, we have enough. I'll always say that I do feel like we need a plan B striker, but I don't think that's ever going to happen because it's just not Klopp's way. Um, yeah. And that's fine. I, I live by the manager. Well, it might just be Divock. Because Divock's Divock a big guy as well. And look, I'm happy. I'm happy with the squad depth. Yeah, it's not as good as City's and it's definitely not as good as Chelsea's. But if we stay fit... what we need though. Yeah. If we stay fit... And we just keep going about it this way. I'm not going to go on the pod and say, Liverpool are going to win the league 100%. But we'll be in the conversation. And that's good enough for me. It's one of those ones where you want people that know their role. And if you're not getting, if you're not able to get guys in that are content with not being in the team, then you're better off just 
keeping it to what we've got, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, otherwise, it's going to disrupt things. For me, in a perfect world, I would sign St. Maxim from Newcastle, right? Yeah. And the reason why I would is every game, he wouldn't start. I'd just come on 30 minutes left to go. If Mane or Salah was direct. ever, was tired or not having the best, and just let him go, right? Because I feel like with 30 minutes, the guy's unreal unreal baller. He's quick. He's going to lick people for fun. Just Good let him run at people. Well. Yeah, and I'm like, the guy's obviously doing bits for Newcastle. He's been involved in most of their goals, so... Um, for me, it would be perfect, but I think if you're at, at St. Maximum and Liverpool buy, he's probably not content sitting on the bench playing off the bench, right? So for me, he doesn't yeah. fit. So in a perfect world, he fits the player, but he doesn't fit the. Uh, he doesn't fit probably Bro. what Klopp wants as a squad player, where he knows with Minamino he can get minutes out of him. He knows in that month in January he can manage it with Minamino throughout. You know, he knows that he's got. Um, he knows that he's got Harvey Elliott to come back in and he knows he's got knows his role is a bit more creative through the middle and he can play wide. He knows he's got Curtis Jones in the wings, you know he's got yeah, Divock as well through the middle. Yeah, yeah. Knows, Bobby Bobby Fit. Yeah, hopefully. so for me I feel like Klopp knows what he wants uh, and I would yet again say to every Liverpool fan listening, uh, always trust Jurgen and if he doesn't think you need the squad squad depth, we well, don't need the squad depth. So for me, yeah, I'd have to agree with that too. For me, uh, I, I feel like we're in a really good spot. Um, the last thing I want to touch about on this game is is Paul. If that's our squad depth, are we good enough in terms of a squad depth to fight title challenge, go deep in the UCL yet again? Because I feel like, without saying that our goal should be to do this, I feel like we always go out to aim to win the league and win the Champions League every single season, right? Because it's Liverpool. And then yeah, we're probably um, happy then it falls into like third in a quarter final or semi final. I think for the next few years, we're going to be a team that relies on us uh, not getting major injuries. Like We're not a team that can deal with three, four, five injuries to our first team. And most teams around the world would struggle with that. And that's what we had last year. So yeah. I, I, again, it's, it's what Everton's going through at the moment. Yeah, and it's just one of those ones where if we stay healthy, then yeah, 100% we can compete in in all those major competitions because we're clearly capable. Yeah, I think I, I would agree. Maybe Klopp's seen a few of the kids that are coming through and he goes, oh, these guys are going to be all right. There's no point me signing people because in a few years they're going to have these boys coming through. But I don't know enough about the under-18s to say that that might be the case as well, but just maybe another way to look at it too is that Jürgen's maybe identified a group of players coming through that he goes, they're not ready yet, but I can filter them in in a couple of years. But if I sign players, it's going to make it difficult. And I feel like, I like when Pep would go out and sign X, Y, and Z. I feel like Jurgen's definitely a bit more of the project manager type, and you know, I, I just yeah. that's why I rate him higher higher than Pep anyway. But um, that might be another point as well to look at. But yeah, in terms of Liverpool, free free zip, look really good leading into Brentford this week, and uh, I think we could probably do it over Brentford as well and continue this good run of form to start the season. Yeah, exactly, and I think the goals will be flowing, and for me, that's the main thing is just. Playing that good football, oh, Salah just oh, don't looks worry. unbelievable. Fantasy captain week in, week out at the minute, Mohamed Salah. Yeah, he's almost a lock. Yeah. yeah he, I'd have to agree for, with that. For this weekend, I think he's a lock. Uh, I think it's very tempting to actually captain Antonio on a side note and Ronaldo. And you would have seen it today, Paul. I, I haven't played my wildcard. I said I'm sticking true to week seven wildcarding. Saying that, though, I take my first point hit this week because I have dropped Bruno to get in Ronaldo and I've got St. Maxim in for Richarlison. So, yeah. Yeah, I was annoyed. I had to. I took a few point hits the last couple of weeks and then my team just kept falling apart. So I pulled the pin a couple of weeks early, but I hit 50-odd this week. And Yeah, I see, know, every, week I've got an, every week I've gotten just over average by like five to ten points and I'm still a minute yeah. in the world. And I'm just like, wow, there's guys out there consistently turning 20-plus over average yeah, every week. And I was like... 
and I've done that without Bar- Barama. I did that for the first what four to five weeks without Antonio. Yeah, I've done I just got rid Ronaldo. of him as well. So spewing. I just got rid of bloody Ben Rama because their effort. fixtures turn. Yeah, effort. I know. Yeah. It's one of those ones where I know that their fixtures it's, are turning it's, it's, now it's, as well. It's like for everyone that has Yotta and everyone's like screaming and wanted to get Yotta out before you play Brentford. It's like, at a different day two weeks ago, he, he's assisted Mane twice. Thank you, Mane, you had a finish. And obviously against Palace... Well, he Jota should have scored two himself yeah. this week. And against Palace, he definitely should score the one from inside six yards if he tries to blast in the net. Where if he just side foots it, yeah. it's one nil or whatever it was. Was it one nil at the time? But yeah, think so. yeah. Anyhow, he puts it in a row Z, so at the Anfield end. So yeah. Anyhow, look, I think enough about Liverpool, and we probably touch on fantasy throughout these points anyway, because you know fantasy is the be all and end all. Just just shout out in the PD Sports Podcast draft. There's a new person on top, and he's in the podcast, and his name's not Paul. Yeah, I haven't even looked at it. I'm not gonna lie. Ah, oh, it's alright. <laughs> it's alright. Dam- I keep forgetting to check the draft. I'm not gonna lie. Damon, Damon has got top. Spot. I didn't even have a goalkeeper this week. I don't think. I think <laughs> oh, Pickford no. was out and Ariola. I don't know what to do with him. So let me oh. have a look. Actually, at my draft. I reckon I didn't have a goalkeeper, so that doesn't help. I got 53 points and I'm third. Yeah. And I haven't even been checking it. There you go, mate. You're not doing badly. <laughs> What happened here? I had Ben Rama score 10. Obviously, Mane got eight. Tony 12. Bamford five. Oh, of course I didn't come on for me. That's all right. I did all right there. I'm, I'll take that. I'm just going to tell you right now. I had Saar. I'd say Maxim. I had Ruben Diaz, Mings. Um, and who else scored big points for me as well? Uh, I had a pretty Wouldn't good draft. And, I, and I, needed, I needed it too because I played, shout out to Rods. I played Rods, right? And Rods. Um, yeah, he scored well. Yeah, and Rods got 60 on because he had Ronaldo and I beat him by a few points. So, yeah, I know that I pain was... I think live on the pod, I need to make a uh, transfer. Pro- go, I've, go. I've actually done it already. All right, go, um, go, do it, do it. For I'm, me, I'm, I'm dead. For, oh god. For me, my points were oh, Pinot got eight, Diaz got eight, Mings got six, Rafinha got eight, Saar got thirteen, Saint Maxim also got eight, and I had Ings get five, Tiago get three, Yotta get three, Willock get two. Who I'm looking to transfer out at the minute. There's only one starting goalkeeper. That's available. We need to get it. Who, that I feel somewhat comfortable with. Well, Pickford is. Oh, oh. Pickford, Pickford's, Pickford's out till October. You need a keeper, keeper in, and then you can ride. Actually, it. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm changing my mind here. That's all right, mate. That's all right. All right. Love fantasy I know what I'm doing. Talk. I was I was gonna get um, Timmy Krul in. Yep. Because he gets. Saves. I'm changing my mind. He gets saved. No, no. I'm bringing Begovic in because. Yep. He is the backup to Jordan Pickford. Yeah, see, that's what I've done on drafters. I've actually loaded up on Schmeichel and I think Danny Wood. Yeah. Yeah, just so yeah. if one doesn't play, the other one will. There we go. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I think Trossard's actually going to make his way into my team this week as well yeah. because Concert is playing Manchester United. Anyway, um, yeah. we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, we'll Let's talk about Let's get back that. into some of the results. Yeah. What, what I was talking about, Man United... We might as well talk about Man United. Well, this, so, this, this game here, the West Ham Man United game, watching that game, not owning Ronaldo on fantasy was my. I need to get Ronaldo in my team. ASAP. Yeah, that was me bringing him in this week. I was so yeah, happy. I, I took I took four points just to get him in. I, I dropped Bruno. This is that good? I dropped Bruno not because I think Bruno's poor or whatever. I just feel like if Ronaldo he's losing that. He's losing that value though. Yeah, if Ronaldo is losing the value. If Ronaldo's screaming for that many penalties. Ronaldo's taking penalties. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. So Bruno is his value, and um, I pulled the pin there um, to get him. Even though I'm playing my wild card in two weeks, it may sound a bit in, a bit ludicrous. It's still two weeks of fixtures before I play my wild card, so I may as well get a player in for Bruno and get Ronaldo in for two weeks. 
to get when you, know, you get, get Villa and Everton. Yeah, and for me, I feel like Ronaldo probably. Well, oh my god! What I've just seen their fixtures from like round fifteen what, Ren- what, to twenty seven. Man United, and it's just all it's all green. Yeah, that's the whole reason I was going to wildcard and get Ronaldo and Lukaku in, and I was going to ride that rough that's period with Ronaldo and Lukaku at the same time has good fixtures during that. So they, you know, Ronaldo still probably scores a goal or two, but then I know that's when those what I've fixtures done come now. in, it's like yeah. man. I bit the bullet that bit earlier because I had to. I was chasing, and then obviously Trent going out. And then Reese James didn't play oh, either. So you want to know how like, lucky I got? It. You want to know how lucky I got? I had Richarlison. Well, I had Liveramento come on. Mate, I, I had Liveramento, Simi at the cast come on, both. And I was oh, like, I don't have Simi anymore. I was yeah. like, because I had no Richarlison and I had no um, uh, Trent. And I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, for me, that was huge. Did well. Yeah, that's why you got to get a good bench on fantasy. Anyway, back to United. Back to the Ronaldo. I thought this was his best performance, by the way, for United so far. And what I liked about United, and this pains me to say, is they just look like they're going to throw caution to the wind, like we said on a couple podcasts ago, and just go for goals. Yeah. And they're just going to say, if you're going to score one, we'll score two. If you score two, we'll score four. It's as simple as that. I love the mentality. I feel like that's going to resonate really well with the mean United fans, because that's a bit like what Ferguson did at times. That, you know... Right, Ferguson had to probably argue a lot better in defence, so they could score one and know they'll win one nil, but they would also go and score three or four and be like, yeah, great. Um, and at the same time, I just feel like it's the best way for Oli to approach it if he's going to mount a title challenge is we probably have one of the best attacks in the league when it's all coming together. So just let's go. Yeah. And plus, you've got Ronaldo up there. Why wouldn't you go all guns blazing? So um, we were probably a little critical of Ronaldo coming in that he may not look up to it. He, he's looking amazing, so... Yeah, like, yeah, 100%. I feel like if you do not have him in fantasy, it's nearly a must-get, nearly. Um, and yeah, you just don't want to miss out on him. Yeah, and as a side note to this is that if West Ham have been that competitive without Antonio, and Antonio's back this week, I feel like Antonio is maybe a must-have in fantasy as well. So yeah. just some fantasy shout-outs there. But um, yeah, back to the United game. I just feel like United always looked in control and dominating this game in terms of the sense that they've got to win it. And then West Ham would have a period where they'd come straight back into it. And you'd be like, oh, there you go. And then we're now, and then me and United would dominate again. And it was a game that ebbed and flowed really nicely. couple of points, obviously, I want to talk about, though, with you, Paul. Have you seen the highlights of the game? I've seen most of it. Have, you, have you seen the penalty shouts that Ronaldo had? He had three. Yeah, I, I saw the main one where he sort of beat a man, went past him and got brought down. By, by um, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember who it was now. Yeah. Oh, Gabona. He just left, left me, the leg in there for and me, brought him down. I think he just exaggerates it too much. For me, that's a pen. I've, and if VAR's going to interview into Veen, and we do have to talk a lot about VAR tonight, because this is probably the first weekend in the Prem, and this is a good thing, by the way. If we're talking about VAR, it's week six. We've had a very good yeah. run. This is the first weekend where you look and VAR's made a few decisions this week, and you're like, oh, they're talking points because they can be looked at both ways. Um, I feel like out of all the penalty shouts, that one there was nailed on, and that one probably should have been a pen. Now, it's one of those ones where he's just gone, like he's just played for it a bit, like a bit much. I think I feel, I feel that gone. too. I like um, it, it's like he knows contact's coming, so he's just looked for contact as well. Yeah. And I understand that and he's looked to anticipate going down with the contact, but that shouldn't excuse the fact that Bond has missed the ball and just come in double, not double footed, but you know that scissor action where one foot goes behind yeah. the other one comes across, and he's like chop. That doesn't yeah. excuse that. I'm sorry, but you know the <laughs> yeah, other the other the other two I get the other two I get. It's Ronaldo looking for it, but I think also on a different day, if the referee gives a penalty. Bar's not overruling that either. So yeah, yeah. Um, 
But for me, I just feel like that if Ronaldo is in that sort of form, he's getting three penalty shouts. He's, I think his numbers from the game was he had eight chances inside the box. If, he, if he's doing that against West Ham, imagine what he's going to do against weaker sides like Norwich, for instance. Yeah, exactly. And imagine what. Dominate. And if he's creating that many chances against West Ham, I'm still thinking against City, he's going to get a moment, and it's Ronaldo, so he's probably going to score. And, you know, he's going to get a moment against Chelsea. So even those fixtures where you look at him and you go, oh, they're a bit more difficult for United. United finally have that player. For me, that is going to carry him in that sort of game, that big game. Um, yeah, and he's just going to find goals too. Like, it's just going to be games where they're struggling. They just whip a ball in and he's just going to do a bicycle kick or he's going to, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's got that gonna quality. He's going to find up. a moment of magic that's just going to dig him out and it's that real... Fergie time, you know, chaos balls are flying and he's just going to get on the end of it or ball's going to bobble around, he'll beat one or two, drop his shoulder and just, you know, oh, they're, just, they're worrying me. Mm. And like the penalty saver as well, like it's just, oh, that whole situation around bringing Mark Noble oh, on, mate. I, hate I, oh, I, hate, I hate it. It's, my, it's one of the points in the in the run sheet I was going to ask you because we, we, yeah. we both have coached. Um, I've never done Can't it. Can't throw anyone into that situation I, I, and I, kick I, a ball. Under- we said it about Saka as oh not Saka. We said it about Sancho and Rashford, Rashford didn't we? I win understand the, Euros. the logic behind it, but I just don't think it's practical. Like something can look good in writing, for instance, when you read something. Well, he but is you the best know, penalty taker. But you know but, but you know that in theory, when you go to do something, it's not gonna work or it's not gonna you know at the end of the day, if he scores the pen, we're gonna say, Oh boy's well done, right? But it's more of a high. It's a higher chance of being a player that's not touching the ball to come in and take a pressure penalty he's going to miss than him yeah, being on the park for ninety it. minutes, being at the speed of the game, and just goes. This is just another you like, know, movement. Why does Why does Banarama, you know, not take it? Or does Declan Rice there's, not yeah, take see, it? See, for me, it would have been Declan Rice because he hits a ball. You know what I mean? But I just don't understand why you do not have the confidence there if you're David Moyes to let someone on the park take it. I understand it's yeah, Mark 100%. Noble. Don't get me wrong. Mark Noble hasn't missed a penalty for Yonks, right? And for me, it just the main reason he's missed is because he's cold. He just comes off the bench and goes, yeah, pen. It would have been like straight up, you're going, right? Because he would not have been warming up as a 96th minute. Um, no, exactly. So it just makes no sense. For me, all as well, you're coming on as a sub, so you've got that whole walk from the touchline to the pen spot. Yeah. You're walking through how you're taking that penalty that whole time. It's like icing, icing the kicker in NFL. You just call a timeout just to hope that, you know, that, that they get, the yeah, pressure gets to it. Yeah, puts and that's what the Moyes did it in effectively to their best penalty taker. Just iced him. And just like, look, at the end of the day, good save, poor penalty, because it's a nice fight for the nah, keeper and it wasn't, in the, it, wasn't yeah. in the, it wasn't in the corner. Dallas still has to save it. And it's his first penalty save in seven years in the Prem, by the way. No, no, so the fact that all these things have accumulated into Man United winning kind of tells me Man United are going to have some sort of year. You know, this is very Fergie-esque. Yeah. So, yeah. 100%. Um, but, yeah, uh, last thing on West Ham. I still thought they looked really good. With Antonio, I think they'll look even better. And I'm going to put it out there. They're going to be one of those dark horses to find fourth spot this year. They're going to be around the mark. Just a matter if they fall short or not. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, for them, again, it's whether everyone stays fit. Like, if Antonio picks up the niggles that, he, that he's known for, then that's going to kill him. Like, that's really going to hurt them. So it'd be interesting to see how Vlasic goes um, when he gets as well. his moment because he's a decent footballer. Well, he started um, on the weekend. Uh, didn't see much of him. No, he's got to need time all. to get into it. When I mean, he gets his moment. Yeah. You know, give him a few weeks to get accustomed to the league. And then, 100%. And yeah. he came late in the window as well. So that's another factor too. Yeah, he hasn't so. had too many, too much. So I feel like 
United are definitely going to be there and thereabouts this season, and West Ham are going to yeah. cause a lot of people grief this year. So, and that much makes this more interesting. Breaking into the top four is going to be extremely difficult. Because I feel like they can do it if they can, if they, but they have to stay absolutely hundred percent fit, and they have to get twenty five goals out of Antonio in the season, which I think is possible. Yeah, but you're, you're looking at Man. I mean, Man City's the one that if they're going to play like they did on the weekend, then they're the ones that probably fall out if anybody, but. Chelsea don't look like missing a beat. We don't look like missing a beat, and neither do um, Man United. But so there's only long one, season, there's though. only one spot there. Oh, long season though. How many times do you see a team start well and then just fall off and then come back and then like yeah. So I just feel like if West Ham yeah, can stay that... consistently around the mark. For me, their big thing is they have to have Declan Rice play, or else then it just falls. Yeah. Yeah, but if they do that, I'm not saying that they're going to finish fourth, but they'll be like Leicester last season. They would have had a serious shot. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that top six is really going to be competitive. It's going to be like, great to watch. So many... The whole top eight, like the whole top half is going to be great. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. And the reason why it's going to be great is because Spurs look dead horrid and we're going to move there next against Chelsea who looked like the best team in yeah. the Prem and we've been saying it. They're the favourites for a reason. Yeah, let's go there. Let's let's move let's shift across. Um, Chelsea just march on. They're just... They're so know, good. The they are so good. Like... They should... I know PSG are PSG and they haven't got going yet in the Champions League and they haven't even got going yet in France and there's a question about it down in the question section. But Chelsea have to be the favourites for the UCL, Champions League, League Cup, FA Cup, you name it, right? Because they have got A, the squad, B, the manager, and C, the quality. Yeah, they've got everything. They tick all the boxes. Yeah. It's just whether they can keep it going um, and keep their momentum going all season, which... Why can't they? <laughs> like yeah, like, just, I, I, don't see, I don't see why they don't. The only thing for me that is the issue is that Lukaku in the bigger games may go missing, but that's not a bad thing, I don't think, for Chelsea, because it allows... They've got enough guys to come in and yeah, pick well, up the pieces well, in those for, games. For me, it's like the defence will worry so much about Lukaku in that instance. Like, for instance, when they play City, like, Ruben Diaz may just do a job on Lukaku, but you're telling me that someone like Pulisic isn't going to come in and pick the ball up inside, or, you know, Havertz, who obviously had a stinker yeah. against Spurs, so did Mason Mount. Don't, you know, have that moment of quality of class where they beat, they come from deep and get beyond him or, you know, like, I just see so many ways that Chelsea can hurt you. And I know against the yeah. weaker teams, it's got to be mainly getting the ball out while Lukaku's there in and around the box, see you later, right? But if teams, the bigger teams are going to be rolling about Lukaku, then there's going to be space for others. And the reason why I feel like we should have won against Chelsea is mainly the red card because it just killed that, any sort of chance for Chelsea to play that sort of brand of football where you just yeah. use Lukaku as a focal point, but you move around him. I feel like without a red card there, that Chelsea game could have gone either way against us at Anfield. And I just feel like Chelsea against any of the other bigger boys in the league are going to have multiple ways to hurt him that eventually they're going to beat a bigger boy, aren't they? Yeah. So, and for me, I actually think they're favourites against City this weekend. So Yeah, I mean, City didn't look great against um, Southampton either. Um, no, it I doesn't. Think it's just too much. Too much going on at Man City at the moment, where they're not, not really focusing on the, on the football. Where no, they're not. Too so, many issues off the field. No, I don't think that they are at the minute, Man City. And we'll talk about that a little bit more because that's the next game we'll move to. But for me, yeah. I want to go back to Tuchel was the fact that Mason Mount looked dead horrid forty five minutes into a game. A guy that's helped you win a Champions League, and he literally goes nut. You're off. And can't take you. Yeah, I like that. Sure up the shop, and I, I love it. I just feel like that's a manager that knows knows how to work well, it because the game was even, well, and then is, next minute. Yeah, Kante comes on, midfield looks set, and Spurs barely touched yeah. it. So, 
But that's just not your day, mate. Sit down, try again next week. Yeah, like, you're I, not going to get dropped. Yeah, I, I like that too. Um, and I feel like that just they have so much options, Chelsea. Like when Ben Chilwell eventually decides he wants to play football again. You know, like, well, it's not even that. It's just that bloody Alonso's keeping him out of the team. Uh, that's all it is. Yeah, it's just you know. Alonso's deserved his spot and too sure like it he's rewarding form yeah I just feel like as a manager that knows what works and what fits his system and he's just he's, he's just good and Chelsea are just good if you're a Chelsea fan it's a fun time for you right now and you gotta remember Chilwell wasn't a too sure signing too no so he wasn't there's no, there's no loyalty to Ben Chilwell you know that was a Frank Lampard signing in a four three three. So does Chilwell really fit the three four three? Maybe not. Maybe Al- I mean, Alonso definitely fits the system better. So it's not. Maybe it's that not is a the surprise. case. Maybe that is the case. It's I feel not- like Ben Chilwell will play for Chelsea. Don't oh, get me he's a quality fullback. Yeah, but like Alonso's proven in that system. Maybe this is a bit more time really on the training ground, like Klopp did with Robbo back at the first start. And, and, and Fabinho. Yeah, and just yeah. held him a bit, and then bang, there you are. Maybe that's what Chilwell needs as well. Um, there's also a case to be said. He didn't play a minute at the Euros, but that's still like mentally, you did not get to play a minute. You still had to be there the whole time. You've lost a final, and you're probably sitting there thinking you probably deserve to have played a bit. And yeah. maybe mentally, he's just not right as well. So well, I think he yeah. came back with an injury. That's why he didn't start initially because he was in the team last season at the end of last season. Yeah. So, so it, 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 look, Ben Chilwell was interesting, but if that's the only thing we can harp on about the Chelsea squad, is Ben Chilwell is playing Alonso wins and Alonso's in this good form. It just shows you how good Chelsea are. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And that they're going to go places this year. One thing I do want to mention is the Spurs. Is like they had a good start, but during that good start, I watch a lot of Premier League like data podcasts and you know youtube vids and whatever they had a very high expected goal against ratio in the first few games of the season yeah. just no one scored I heard right? that too. um now the goals are flying in so they're finally catching up to that expected goal to game ratio to goals that actually are now flying into the back of the net for me is there a change that needs to happen for nuno at the minute is it maybe a change of personnel or a change of system or is it just more i think it's just a lot of variables yeah just wide this way it's just a lot of variables it's just a lot of new players um, then they had no Harry Kane, then they're bringing Harry Kane back I in. I feel like so that's unsettling things. a bit There's no, no Hume Son that's at the moment too. That's their best player. So, so. Yeah, I, so, feel like, I think there's just too many factors at the moment. Yeah, I feel like when Spurs eventually settle down, they'll be in the six. It just depends where. I don't think they're going to be good enough to make the four from what I've seen, but you never know. Nah, no way. No way. Yeah, They're not making top four. Speaking they're about a team that's not making not top four, enough. Man City, if they don't pick up this little bit of Whatever's going oh, on, that'll be all right. Look, they normally start slow. Look for me, they, they for do me, normally start slow. For me, as much as make Chelsea favourites, I still think Chelsea have to go out and beat City to win a league. So there you go, because City is City, even though they don't yeah, have a number nine. Go, city is City. They, they can go fifteen games in a row and win them to finish the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're just that. They're, team. they're that good. Once and the momentum's there, then they, they can. And once they're settled, train and just not stop. For me, City are just a little bit unsettled because the Bruyne is obviously carrying still a little bit of a knock, and they're trying to manage it. Obviously, Foden's slowly coming back into the fray now. Jack Grealish has only been the actual midfield that's kind of looked like starting every week. So for me, that's a lot yeah. of rotation, and sometimes Pep Roulette hurts the team more than it does making the team, you know, well rested and off you go to continue a run. And I just feel like Pep just needs to settle on something for a few weeks in the league and just go, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, this is my starting 11. Yeah. This is if we're playing a Champions League final this week, this is the team. This is the team sort of thing. Yeah, I just feel like Pep's... And I feel like it's forced his hand because if De Bruyne's not 100%, Foden's obviously coming back and all those other factors and not having a nine and trying to think what works best up top and et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
I understand the rotation, but I feel like Pep just needs to go and just go, hang on. This is a team that we're going to use for the foreseeable future. This is what we're going with. And then then we'll make changes come Champions League and we'll make changes come maybe a week of fixture, et cetera, et cetera, instead of just trying to make changes for changes' sake. And I feel like Pep does that a bit. Yeah, and that's one of those ones where players may be annoyed at the lack of consistency because end of the day... You want to know what your role is, and if it's chopping and changing, is there unrest in the change room? That's the big factor. Well, I feel like there's a bit of unrest going around in a few spots there at City, because obviously if you've seen his press conferences, a lot of people have been hammering for what he's been saying about the fans, and I feel like he has... A, he has a right. He's the manager of the football club. He can ask the fans to attend. For me, it's just a bit of the language barrier, barrier because you've got to remember, he's still Spanish, right? And there is a little no, bit... No, but of, he speaks perfect English, yeah, man. Yeah, so it's just his, his wording is a bit, you know, funny. Right, when it comes to that. I don't think so. I think he's making his point very clear. It's, we're the bloody best team in the country and we can't fill the stadium against Leipzig. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, what he's I, saying. I would be livid if I was the manager and I couldn't fill the stadium if I was being Well, it's not that. It's just they don't have the supporter base. They're in a two-team city that's, you know, they're not historically the biggest team. So deal with it. Like, it's going to, ha- you know... It just causes a bit of unrest. going to magically... Well, yeah, which is dumb. Like, he's putting more pressure on himself than he needs to because now they're losing and drawing and now they look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, like, I just don't know why it, it needed to be brought why up. Why draw the attention to yeah, it? He's trying like, to take attention away from the poor performances, but don't put it on the fans. No, like, no, no. That's what Jose used to do, but he always used to put it back on himself. Yeah, and or I the feel players, like, or, a pl- or one player. Or one player or a physio. <laughs> Right or whatever, Jose. He was Don't put a, it on the fans. Yeah, Jose would never put it back on the fans. Jose would always make it the circus about himself, so it stayed away from the team, sort of thing. Yeah. I feel like Peps use this outlet in the wrong way. You do not attack 100%. the fan base of a football club, and I understand. Yeah, I understand because look, for a club like City, as much as I understand where they're located, so they should be filling out a stadium every week. They should be. Yeah, but you're not going to just magically it, get fans. Because yeah, if, if their families are established time. Man United what, supporters... What I don't like is how in the aftermath, he gets asked a question, I think in the pre-match press conference at and he starts talking about that. If they're not happy, I'll resign, I'll do this, I'll do that. And I'm like, Pep, it's six weeks into the Prem, you're not resigning, right? You're not going to throw the dressing room under that disarray. What are you doing in the dressing room if you hear your manager saying he's going to resign if fans don't turn up? Like, you know... yeah. Well, they, they're not it's happy a shit with situation. It. It's just, just silly, and I feel like it's dumb. I feel it's just like dumb. this is all it's the other word. This whole performance has come from UCL hangover. Your manager going into the press who's making things taxing for players and him, and applying a heap of pressure to a game that really against Southampton, apart from dealing with Livermento, who was outstanding on the day, right? You've got to just just knock the ball around and score. And to be fair, City were lucky in this game to probably finish nil nil. Yeah, they didn't look great. Like, like I understand they have a goal just out for VAR in the, like the ninety fifth minute, ninety third yeah. minute, whatever, which I celebrated hugely in my bedroom because I had Livermento coming onto my bench. I was like, clean sheet, clean sheet, clean sheet. But um, clearly offside, can't can't complain. For me, the big talking point, the actual game, is the whole Kyle Walker incident because it was a bit funny to watch. Because I don't know if Kyle Walker was laughing at the fact that he's not that he got away with it. Or he's laughing at the fact that he never thought it was a foul. But like the whole time during VAR, Walker's just there standing there laughing. And I don't know, have you seen the incident? Because it's a weird one. No, I haven't. Um, so I understand two points of it. So obviously Armstrong's got a goal side and Walker's done the traditional step across the player to win the ball, right? 
My issue for for Kyle Walker's perspective and the referee's perspective is he seems to step across, contacts made, brought him down, goal scoring opportunity, penalty, red card. Understand the decision. Understand from the referee's point of view that he's given that as a pen. Con- yeah. Conversely, Vaz looked at it and seen that Armstrong's going down originally and that Walker maybe gets in front of him and he, Armstrong's then found Walker. For me, if Vaz's going to nitpick that much and overturn it due to that, shouldn't it then be referee's decision because the referee's seen what he's seen? Like, I think it was Phil Dow that was a referee. He walked over there, saw it once. Didn't even watch it slow mo up and saw it once and just overturned it straight away. So for me, he's seen in his ear, go watch this because we think you're wrong. He's gone and watched it and gone, well, I guess that means I'm wrong and has changed the decision. For me, that's one of those ones that it's a judgment call with the referee on the day. If he thinks Kyle Walker stepped across him but fouled him in the process, he's got to stick with his decision, which is a pen and a red. Or if it's a decision where he's gone, well, actually, it's a foul on by Adam Armstrong and Kyle Walker, then so be it. But he hasn't made yeah. neither of a call. He just kind of said, nah, it's not a red. And nah, it's just whatever. I think he gave the foul in the end, but... I know in the pre post game that Michael Owen and all that were saying that oh because Armstrong's going down and Walker's got a crossing he's fouled Armstrong but for me looking at it and I was listening to it on a podcast the only reason he's gone down is because Kyle Walker's gone to go across him and has made contact with him thus he's gone down yeah. so yeah even though Walker's got in front of him the only reason Armstrong's going down is because it was originally contact from Kyle Walker contact so yeah. that isn't that not now a penalty situation again. So if we're using VAR in this way where it's not over-refereeing and it has to be clear-cut, for me it was one of those ones there's so many variables that it has to be referee's decision, which on the day was very harsh because double jeopardy rule, but Kyle Walker's already on the yellow. Sorry, mate, it's the second yellow, you're off, see you later. So for me, I feel like Kyle Walker, when he was on TV laughing, he's probably laughing at the fact, how have I got away with this more than, oh, well, yeah. the right decision's been made. So I feel like for... For the sake of after the Pogpaw, I would love to see you watch it because it was an interesting decision, that That was, for me, was one of the bigger ones of VAR this week because I was like, there's one more bigger one for me, but for me, that was one where I looked at it and gone, if that wasn't City and that was Norwich Watford, and say it was, uh, let's pick a defender out of that game. Uh, Jeez. Um, who, played, uh, the, who played in that game? I don't even know. Mate, I don't even know who but, plays. Who cares? But, um, I'm just trying to think of the right back. Aaron's. Yeah, Max, yeah, Max Aaron's. Aaron's. Say that was Max Aaron's that did that to Ismail Saar. I'm telling you right now because it wasn't Man City in a, who are going to be in a title race down the track. VAR would go, oh, referee decision, pen, red cards here later, right? Because who cares? And I feel like that's a bit wrong yeah. too. Yeah. I don't know. It's, you'd like to think that that's not a factor, um, but who knows? Learning, I think, learning on my live school, by the way, I just realised Brentford beat Oldham 7 0. What? <laughs> no, just, it was just a cup. Just a side note. Four scored how many? One, two, three, four. All right, there you go. There you are. Okay. Who Sorry. scored four? Force. Oh, Marcus Force. Yeah, yeah. he's all right. Mate, I, I just. I just Look to go see the Norwich, the Norwich Watford like lineup, so I could actually shout out a defender. But just, that's just sidetracked me big time that I've seen seven. It was the first result I've seen. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, but um, speaking about Watford Nor- Norwich, I actually want to talk about this game because for it. we focus a heap on the Premier League in terms of the top title race, right? Because we're Liverpool fans, and we obviously know Chelsea are unreal, United are unreal. It's an exciting time. I just feel like the relegation battle is really going to heat up this year. 
And I feel like Norwich this, is going to go down again. This result here, Norwich. ah, look, they're such a yo-yo club, but I feel for we them. spoke about this. We spoke about this in the last season. Uh, just David, they are the definition of a yo-yo. Michael, I rate him as a manager. He just doesn't have the players to play his style of football, and it's never going to keep him in the prem. His style of football is too good to stay in the championship. But with Norwich, but then not did you see how they lined up against us today, though, as well? Yeah, it was stupid. Yeah, I, I know, and that's what he tries to do, and. So if he's gonna live by the sword, he's gonna die by the sword. But like, it's just yeah, man. Like, you yeah, created this five-one-two-two system. It was like, weird. Yeah, I don't know if that makes eleven, but yeah, it's, um, it was it was it was weird. It was weird to watch the highlights this morning and just being like, what are they playing? Um, yeah, and that's not Norwich. I just feel like Norwich is just digging themselves a hole and they're not going to get out. And like, one of my questions is here: Can Norwich beat the drop? My answer is no. I feel like they're done. And it's just a matter if they finish. No, no way. Twentieth, nineteenth, eighteenth for me, and I still think it's probably twentieth. So yeah, same. Uh, my question is: Do they get a point somewhere this season? Yeah, they'll get points, but they just, they just uh, don't uh, look good. <laughs> do they beat double digits? Pushing it, probably. Ooh, I'm going to predict. Probably get a, I mean, if you get three wins and a draw, I'm going to predict they get eight points this whole year. Oh God! That's, Eight points that's this painful. whole year. That's my prediction for Norwich because they have. I think during the busy Christmas period and whatever, they'll get the odd, the odd win against a team that's Look. trying to rotate, catch someone on a bad day. You know what I mean? They'll get results like that because they they play football, which I like. I, I think that's commendable, but they're not a team that have footballers, so to say. You know, you're not saying that they're not professional at that footballers, level. but they don't have them at that level. Yeah, they don't have people that are going to play baller like that. Like with Palace, they've got players that can play a bit of ball, right? So hence why Vieira is a good pick for him. Like for me, David Feichel—that is his first name, I'm pretty sure. Um, Feichel is one of those guys that if he was at a bigger club, his philosophy would work. But at Norwich, it's hard to implement because he doesn't have the quality. On the other hand, Watford just seem to know what they do against the lower sides. For me, Watford stay up because it looks like against the bigger boys they struggle, but against the teams around them, they will beat them because they just play this fast, free-flowing football, get it to Dennis quickly, get it to Saar quickly, off we go, right? Um, yeah. And for me, my question is, does Watford stay up? I think they're going to be floating around that I feel, I feel like they will, 18. I feel like they will just stay up. And I hope me, they do. And for me, it's then Brentford like that Watford. would fall follow into that and I know Brentford finally got their win because I mentioned it in the other results that Brentford finally got some service to Ivan Tony guess what happened yeah yeah right I just think I think they're going to struggle the most yeah I feel like Brentford are going to be the team that gets dragged into the most and I feel like Burnley are the other team that probably goes down from what I've seen in the first six weeks right well, they've uh, just given Dyche a new four-year deal too. Yeah, I just ludicrous. I think that's more the fact that that if Dyche goes to another club, they want the compensation and they want bigger compensation, probably. which is probably a way they go about it. But um, yeah, man, like relegation is going to be a battle to watch this season too. And I just feel like as a pod, we generally focus on the top half. I just feel like touching the game that was such a big six-pointer. I feel like that we got to highlight that this relegation battle was definitely going to heat up. Feel like Norwich are definitely going to go down. It's the matter of what, who else go down with them, and uh, I think Watford. They keep picking up points against the weaker sides, and they have got Newcastle next, and I believe after that they've got Ted. This Brentford. They got Newcastle, Brentford. I reckon is the next two, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, then like yeah, it, it's Newcastle, Leeds. There you go. And Leeds is a team we haven't talked about either that could probably go down if they And then Liverpool, up. Everton, Southampton, Arsenal. Yeah, so... For so there's the, points there. There's points there. So I feel like Watford on their day could stay up. So I feel like mentioning that too. Yeah, I kind of hope they do. 
Like I don't mind them. Should, should we talk? Anyway. Should we talk about our favourite club, club on the pod quickly? Uh, one nil. That's about it. Um, so, <laughs> good for average free kick. It's oh yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So first things first. Everyone is an Arsenal fan. Told me how good this free kick is. I'm going to say two things. If the ball jumps, yeah. the ball jumps. The ball does its job. Secondly, as a keeper coach, Pope, understand you're getting beat wall side. If it's in the corner. Or at a very nice, at a, at a top bin height, or it's drop bottom bin. Understand that when that ball is a foot or a foot and a half inside the post, right? That it's borderline middle middle side of golf. You know what I'm getting at? But nice height, you're saving that if you're any decent. I mean, it's keeper. towards the side netting, but it's not. It's not. It's not going into a corner. No, like, like the keeper high, for me has got to get across and save that. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, the ball hasn't done his job, well. and maybe he's gone as soon as the free kick's been here. Oh, that's that's hit in the wall. But as a as someone that still keeps and does a lot of keep going, you're still reacting to that shot. You're still moving that way, so he should get there. So yeah, look, don't yeah. take anything away from it, and like good hit. Just you know, I feel like the keeper should do better. For me, the last point on this was just like the VAR incident with Ramsdale and the back pass and the old commotion of it being given a penalty straight away and then it being overturned pretty quickly. I understand why it was overturned. Have you seen this incident, Paul? Nope. Paulie? I haven't. You haven't? I haven't. I haven't. All right. No. Um, this, this, for me, I felt like was the one that they got wrong on the weekend. Where I understand the City one, there's so many variables. I understand why that wasn't given a penalty for Kyle Walker. And I, I think the Man United ones, obviously, I think the Ogbonna ones, it's a pen, but I understand why they all weren't given... This is the one that I feel like Valve got dead set wrong, right? Yeah. And look, I know why it wasn't given because they're gonna say Ramsdale touches the ball. I'm sorry, it's a back pass. He's overstretched. He's got his studs have barely clipped the ball. It's not like he's made any meaningful contact with the ball. His studs have clipped the ball and he's lunged. For me, what um I, I can't remember who got to the ball there. He's keeping that in play. He's rounded the keeper. He's gonna go score, and. Not saying that Ramsdale's intentionally made contact because he's trying to win the ball, but uh, for me, as a as a referee, straight away he's given it, and for me as a keeper, if I barely nibbed the ball, yeah, I understand why I'm going to go out to the referee and say, hey, I've made, I've made contact with the ball. But have you really won the ball? No, you haven't changed the direction where the ball's gone. You've still been beaten, he's still around you. So for me, I feel like that's the one where Vars need to go on and look at that and go, yeah, he's clipped the ball, but really has he won it? No, he, he's, he's literally gone over the top of it. And has caught his man afterwards. So for me, I thought that was a nailed on pen. Oh, that's um, a dreadful back pass. I'm just watching it now. For me, that was a nailed yeah. on pen, right? I understand that when you watch it, you see the ball go sideways a little bit, but that's because of not really the contact that was made on the ball. It was more the afters. So for me, I feel like it's one where Ramsdale's gone over the top of it, yeah, sort of clipped it, foot. and then he takes him. And for me, if he doesn't take him, even with the slight, slight contact of the ball, he's keeping that in play. He's around the keeper. See you later. And that's a goal-scoring opportunity. So, I'm not saying Ramsdale red card. I'm just saying that. The yellow, yellow uh, yeah, pen. I, I'm just saying that the referee's instinct decision was a, was a pen. And if they're saying they're going to over-referee and they're going to give it back to the referee's decision, that one there should stand. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that one there as well. Anyway, Villa get a win against injury-played injury Everton. I know Hang on, Bailey, goat. Oh, man. It's good to have him. Played about 15 minutes. Gets a goal to assist, gets injured, comes, comes off, off gets me in the match. He's the best. I love him. He's so good. <laughs> I love him. He's, he's so good for me on football yeah. manager in my in my village. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, same with me at Leverkusen. Yeah, but um, look, Everton. I'm not going to speak about them too much as they have been injury prone 
Um, well, yeah. injury prone they're just start. not playing at full injury strength. Plays, they're just playing at full strength. Yeah. It, uh, that's not. That's not Rafa's fault. They've, they've actually started and really well. He's doing well. all right. He started really well. So if the fans start turning on him that they've lost the Villa, I'd be like, look, Solomon Rondon <laughs> started for you. That's how much injury. And it all happened, happened in ten in a ten minute period. Like it was, it was tight. But that that moment came half, on. Anyway, I thought Everton too. So yeah. Um, yeah. Brighton win again, and by the way, this year looking all right, very good. Um, I like Brighton, and we obviously mentioned Brentford, and look, yeah, and whatever. But look, I just feel like this week in the Prem, so much more VAR talk than what there has been in six weeks. That's a good and a bad thing. I feel like some yeah, decisions were that. not good. I feel like some decisions were good. I feel like what they've done with VAR in a whole has been really good. I just feel like yeah. that there's been a couple moments this week where I'm like, if that's what they're gonna do, and really over referee decisions like obviously the penalty against City and the penalty against Arsenal especially then I don't want them to go down that route either let the referee make the decision and then if it's a clear and obvious error error yeah then overturn, then overturn it where the Arsenal one definitely isn't I actually think that's a clear cut foul um, and I feel yeah. like this, this uh, the Kyle Walker one isn't a clear cut one either that's a 50-50 either way whatever the referee sees on the day um, and yeah yeah, I'd have to agree. So, we'll move um, away. Um, we'll move into some questions. If you guys have uh, anything that you want to add, uh, question-wise in particular, to the podcast, make sure you jump in the Discord, uh, which will be linked below so that you can interact with the community. The first one we've got from Dim is thoughts on the messy potch situation. Um, I think you just see this all the time, don't we? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's nothing, it's never anything personal. Like it's happened with Klopp and Mane and it's just because these guys are so competitive that they want to be on the pitch and they want to win. Exactly. Like, that's all it I, is. I just feel like, I just feel like Messi just really wants to stamp his authority at PSG and it hasn't happened yet. And I just feel like he's getting a bit annoyed with himself. He's not annoyed with Potch. It's just one of those things when you're in the heat of a game and you're coming off and you know you haven't had maybe your best of day hints by being dragged. It's like, you just get annoyed. Um, yeah. You see this happen all the time, and like the Mane clock thing is huge because everyone saw that with Mane. Like oh, Mane's leaving, Mane's leaving, Mane's leaving. He's not going anywhere, you know. Klopp loves him, so you know, yeah. just get on with it. It happens in football. Move along. I will say Messi hasn't started as good as Ronaldo has, but the whole team is focused around Ronaldo at Man United, where Messi's playing a team of probably the elite of the elite of the elite. Messi doesn't have to have a worldie of a day every week to get results there at PSG. He knows that he's got Mbappe and Neymar. He knows he's got Rio. He knows that he's got a bat flying with Ramos and just the keeper of Donnarumma. And, you know, he's got it all, right? So he knows if he does have a best of day, he knows that they may win the game 1-0. Where at Barcelona, he knew he probably had to be the main man. So for me, I feel like Messi just has that less added pressure. And that maybe might take him a bit to get in, get used to. Maybe he enjoyed maybe the pressure of playing for Barca. So who knows? Yeah, 100%. Um, and then the next couple from Dim, we can have a bit of a chit chat about with FIFA being released as of tomorrow uh, for early access. Um, I'm not too annoyed with the ratings. I think there's a few FIFA things that made me things. question a few things, but the ratings seem pretty eh, good. Whatever, like it's just that's normal. It's just FIFA like, being people FIFA. go up and down. Liverpool had a bad season, so players, you know, stuff gets impacted in order to make it balanced. So if they're gonna if they're gonna lower some of Virgil's stats and they're gonna they're gonna up his pace to make him usable, that's all that is. It's 
FIFA, you got to remember, like for those younger viewers, FIFA's not a realistic representation of what football is. If you want, if you want realism, play, play FM. Yeah, exactly. Play football manager. Play the game I, I grind. Play football manager if you want realism. FIFA is based yeah. on a game that is an arcade mode for you to go out there and play. Yeah, it gets very competitive. Yeah, it gets very toxic. Yeah, they want you to buy packs and whatever, right? But the reason why they make players' stats the way they are is that A, so it doesn't break the game, and B, that, you know, it is a, a card that you can use. So for me, Rudiger was one that we're talking about in the chat. And yeah, he probably should have, in a real world, 90-odd pace as a centre-back. But if you put a 90-odd pace... If you put a 90-odd yeah. pace centre-back in the Premier League that's 83 rated, it's going to break the game. Yeah, he's, he's going to be impossible to get by for three months because no cards are going to be at the level of being able to run past him. Yeah. Because he's going to have 85 strength and 90 pace. Yeah, so. and that's the reason why that you've got to look into FIFA ratings and take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, as a Liverpool fan, do you think Salah deserved to go down? No, he doesn't. But I understand why they've done it. You know, yeah. if Virgil van Dijk physical deserved to go down, probably not. But he yeah, didn't play for a year. So they need to go, okay. But the thing was, he was the pace. most... He was the most overpowered centre yeah, exactly. for a year and last year on FIFA, FIFA and they do go, they do. yeah, all right. That's why FIFA Time do what they do. Time to pull him back. Yeah, yeah that's why FIFA do what they so, do. And that's why you start seeing 91 pace centre backs in like, I think there's like... At the end of the game, yeah. because the strikers all have 99 pace. Exactly, and there's a couple of actually base cards coming out with 90 pace centre backs uh, this season. Yeah, but then you look at their other stats but, and yeah, they've got like 70 horrid, defending. And they're horrid, A and B. But the pace makes up for it. they're in different leagues in the major league. Right, than the Prem. Yeah, which, more than Bundesliga yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and like Bundesliga teams are usually more often not on FIFA. Good to start with. Yeah, to start with are not teams that you see, right? Because you need all those tots and everything for and all the good players away. to come, away, come through. And even then you move away from it anyway. Most teams are La Liga based. I feel like this season is going to be very Ligue 1 based. It's going to be Prem. It's all going to be Prem and yeah, Ligue 1. Yeah, and Premier League's obviously a given. Everyone kind of goes Prem. And then usually by that stage where you're looking at guys with that 90 pace, obviously you've got your... Icon swaps and all that sort of stuff's come out, and yeah, so you yeah, know, all the other promos, yeah, and like that makes the game then obviously look fun to grind if you pull. I'm not getting it this year, pull if you want FIFA content. Shout yeah, out I'll be he'll be going, I'll be hard. doing a road to glory, he'll be going hard, and yeah. I'll be watching. So there you are, but yeah, yeah, um, I feel like that there's not much else really to be said apart from the fact that take FIFA ratings as a pinch of salt. Enjoy the game for what it is if you can. And if you're me that doesn't enjoy the game and literally grind your gears and don't even bother, play football manager. Exactly. Yeah. So, JS, Lewandowski, or Ronaldo. <laughs> I love it. JS always asks the worldie of questions. Like, he comes with some beauties. Obviously, like Ronaldo, we just said, obviously, like we just said, take FIFA ratings base of That would have been something to do with licensing or whatever. So, they would have pumped up Ronaldo. Ligue stats. Ronaldo every day. Yeah. Ronaldo every day. Move on. All right. Got an actual question <laughs> for you, Paul. Back, That's what I want to see. Back to the Premier League. Who's been your surprise packet yeah. after six games? Pick a team and why. Surprise packet. So um, I've got my team and why. Hmm. Let me get the ladder up. Um. Let me just look at the badges. Um. I think Newcastle have actually been pretty good value. Um. So far, I thought they were going to be whipping boys. Um. This year. Uh, so they've started the year well. For me, I think my big surprise though would be West Ham. Normally, with West Ham, they have a year and then they really struggle the yeah, year after. So I wasn't, I wasn't banking on them starting as as free flowing. That's probably the best way to put it. Yep. As they have, so I'd say it's not a, a surprise. It, it's more of a assuring that there may be the real deal at the top of the table. Yeah. Who's yours? 
Yeah, I, I think that mine is going to be Brighton. I just feel like they've turned the turned yeah. it. They look so good. Potter needs. They've to always get, played good football, haven't Potter they? Potter needs they've to get a lot of uh, a lot of plaudits because he stuck. He stuck with him. The club stuck with him, and now they're seeing the fruits of that labor of just sticking with philosophy and a manager. And they and are, the team hasn't changed too yeah, much. Yeah, and as they well. are knocking people off, and their defense looks solid, and they know how to score goals, and the squad is just in a hole is really good. Yeah, I still think they would look better with Matt Ryan and goals over Sanchez, but so be it, right? But um, this is an Australian podcast, so that's obviously going to be biased. But I feel like Potter in general is just really, yeah. really good as a manager. Goes under the radar, and that just feel like the whole of Brighton goes under the radar. And I actually putting him in at this Adam. stage to be. That top half team that you just like, wow, they made the top half this year? Wow, there you go. I feel like they could finish ninth or 10th. I've probably got them penned in around 11, 12, but, you know, for them, like they were, they were seriously close the last two years to going down. And now they look like they've actually built on their philosophy that they've been building, and they now look And Morpay is looking good as well um, up front. I love Morpay. He's one of my favourite strikers in the league to watch because he, he just works so he, hard. He, he's a very dogged sort of old school striker just chases down everything a bit like Vardy-esque you know just someone that doesn't give up on anything yeah um, and not saying he's the level of Vardy by the way just saying that he's the, I've had the law the work rate someone else's work rate it's like Vardy-esque and he's just someone that you admire watching like Danny Ings for instance another one of those guys that just they're yeah. one of those guys that just give themselves for the team and if it means that they've got to yeah. press a ball for 90 minutes so be it I agree and I, and I love watching them play I actually um, think Brighton are good to watch Jimmy They've been good to watch for the last, or since Potter's been there. Really, yeah. I've always enjoyed watching them play. So and that's that's, um, a, that's a really good shout. I was going to say them, but I had a feeling you were going to go Brighton just from the conversation we had, so I stayed off them. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm just excited to see um, what transpires this weekend. Um, big big weekend in sports. So big big weekend think, for me in Newport. Should we tell the viewers what we're up to this weekend? Yeah, um, some of you may remember probably a few months ago where I jetted off for a weekend away um, to play golf. Damien is coming along this time, so we are heading probably an hour and a half or so away from home this weekend. So there's just to be prepared, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of content uh, coming from from us. On Monday, um, I've got one. I've got one idea in mind um, that might be um, interesting that I haven't actually mentioned to Damo, and I'm going to keep it quiet. Um, on the channel front so um, we, you'll find out about that later yes. um, ne- early next week yep. but we are going to be sort of MIA for a few days so we are taking some time off we will still be yeah. um, long... contactable through the Discord or yep. through Twitter um, and we'll probably put some updates around um, what's happening and last time I did go away was when the prim- playoff Semi-final. Yeah, no, it was a semi final. Yeah, it was a semi final because, semi-final. because we watched the playoff final. It was Bournemouth. Yeah. That's right. So it was a semi final. Um, and we managed to hook up um, the PS4 to Foxtel. So we're going to have to find a way to try and oh, uh, get yeah. Optus Sport. I've got my laptop so, and I've got Optus Sport. So. There we go. Really so good. we'll hook that up to the TV. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a Premier League watch party kind of thing going. So oh, yeah. we'll have plenty of. Um, information to yeah, come back exactly. with for next podcast exactly so Damien do you want to say your goodbyes Look, to 
this week. As always, this is my favourite part of the week. I look forward to the pod the most out of all my content that I do. Um, I will also put out there a disclaimer that because of the new Vanguard beta, I haven't got any Aston Villa YouTube out. So for people asking about that, that will be coming back. The beta ends as of, we're filming this the 22nd, it actually ends on the 23rd at midnight, like, as in like the 22nd night tonight. I was filming of this, if you know what I mean. So uh, that will come back out slowly. Obviously, me and Paul are going to be away, so content will be a bit down. But if you want to go and check out our previous content or interact with us while over the break or in coming weeks, podcast link down below. We'll have our Discord links and all that in there. Highly recommended Discord. I, I say this all the time. The boys are a good bunch of lads. Um, and the Discord's forever growing as well. So thank you for A, for the support, but B, get in there, let us know, say good day. And yeah, from Damo, I'm signing out, Paul. Over to you to end this one off. There we go. So from myself, thank you once again for supporting the podcast. The downloads have been going off the last couple months uh, in particular. So keep up the good work. If you want to get involved with the community, make sure you jump in the Discord. All of our social links are in there as well. And we will see you next week for another episode of PD Sports.